0: So maybe you, you, what can happen sometimes? We can get sort of uh, used to the, the Christmas story, um, or maybe this is the first time you you've heard this story. Um, but what I want to encourage you is, uh, if you ever sat and thought about, like, what does it mean? Like, what are, we read a lot of verses. Uh, we looked at the story in Matthew, we looked at the story in Luke, and a lot of verses. And so, what what we wanted to do here was just to share some thoughts, almost to sort of explain in a nutshell uh, what what the Christmas story means, uh, in, in just in general. Uh, maybe there might be one that we we are very familiar with, but there's a couple aspects of the meaning of Christmas that you don't hear talked about a lot. And so, we're just going to share those uh, and then just celebrate together uh, with watching such a play, describing the story of Christ. With that said, I want to start out by just saying, when you think of the Christmas story, ask yourself, do you think of the Christmas story really sharing the reality that worship became specific? That when a Christmas, the Christmas story is saying that all of a sudden, you know, just sort of saying things like, yeah, I go to church, Oh yeah, you know, God's in all of us. Um, what else do we say? You know, I talk to people a lot of times, yeah, I'm, I, need to, I need to get back in church. Totally meaningless. Uh, that's just religion. You know, people who have a universalist mindset where we say, you know, um, yeah, I, I know that God. I believe that God. And we can sort of throw the God word around a lot of times. And that's why I love that even in our body here, what we try to do is we try to, we, we try to talk a lot about Jesus, because what the Incarnation did was it made worship specific. And it says no longer can we just sort of universalize God to, to sort of get off of the, uh, the conviction of have, actually having to worship him. But now I have to ask myself, is this about Jesus? See, see, a Christian, a Christian willingly bows their knee to God. Okay, A Christian says, a follower of Christ says, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I want to walk with you. Jesus, I want to obey you. Jesus, you are my king. And although you have called me your co-heir, I'm your servant. That's what a Christian does. An unbeliever, a, a, a person who's not a follower of Christ, they don't willingly bow their knee. They don't say, Jesus, my allegiance is to you, my homage is to you. And see, the reality is, but we all will bow our knee one day. See, the Christian story is that we all will bow our knee, but the question will be, will it be for praise and worship now or for damnation later? That's the reality of this story. The reality of this story is that God has given us a way. He's pursued us in love, as you even look at the note there, that the incarnation begins this great news of love that, you know what, although although you know one day God will come back and there will be a judgment that your sin is real, that judgment is real, the beauty of this story is that the cross is also real. That's the beauty of this story. And so the question you have to ask yourself is, okay, if I'm going to bow my knee anyway, wouldn't it be more prudent... Uh, to bow my knee now, to experience true life now, to experience my creator, experience the joy of life now. The Christmas story stars off. Those young people were up there sharing those verses and dressed up, not just to perform, but they wanted to declare something to you that the Bible teaches that worship became specific at the Incarnation. And the question you have to ask yourself is, what are you doing with Jesus? Are are we still playing a pluralistic game where we hedge our bets but give our allegiance to none? Or do we willingly bow our knee to the king of the universe? Think about it. The second thing that is very interesting about the Christian story that I love, that you don't hear much, is is that the Christian story really allows us to understand that it's a model? See, it's not it's not us watching here and looking there, but it's Jesus describing something. He's describing something in how he lived, right, and what he did. So he comes, guys, as the first missionary, to sort of sharing in general what's happening with all those verses. When he, what he did, God of the universe, totally omniscient, omnipotent, all-powerful. And what does he do? He willingly goes into another culture, okay, for the reason of proclaiming the good news of God to the world. He empties himself fully on our behalf. That Jesus modeled, and I love this. What Jesus modeled was that you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make myself a slave for my enemies so they might become my friends. Amen. That's what this story is about, family. So when we ask ourselves so, what's the model? Well, what he does, he comes in, cult- in culture and he says, I'm going to trade my glory for humility. So if if you and I want to know, so what does that look like? Like, what has God wanted me to do? Okay. He wants you to understand how he came. Why he came and how he came. He came as a missionary. How did he come? Like this. Love for hatred. So he said, I'm I'm sitting in perfect love with the Trinity, the Holy Spirit and the Father, and I'm going to leave that comfort to be hated and ridiculed so that I might save my enemies. All power, all powerful, and became frail, became inhuman. See, we can't imagine that because we're not all powerful. Had all things. And said, I'm going to be willing to become frail. That's what this story is about. It's about him modeling a way of life for us. And in his model, making us his friends. Honor for dishonor. Look at that. Rich for poor. Rights for no rights. See, the Christmas story is about worship. Finally, you know, people can't hide behind any walls anymore. specific. And a question that you and I have to ask is, what are we doing with Jesus? But also, he gives us a clear model. And he shows us, I am the first missionary. And what I've called you to do is what I've done. And that is empty myself for the sake of those who don't even love me. And to even provide love in their hearts so that they might experience me. That's what Jesus did. That's the beauty of this story. And I just, you know what? The Lord longs for us to get that to understand the beauty of the cross. Do you think like that when you think of the Christmas story, family? Mac, do you think, do you go, wow, yeah, so someone, you explain a Christmas story to someone. Do you help them understand that, guess what, no longer are we just talking about, yeah, God this, God that. You know, I, you watch all these um, universal as you watch the Oprah's and all these people who claim that they love God and they totally don't because I want to proclaim to you right now in all humility from the scriptures that there is no perfect revelation outside Jesus is that if you're saying God this and God that and Jesus is not the focal point of your deistic approach of what you're sharing then at best you're talking somewhat semi-good philosophy but guess what you don't love God because God's revelation is found in Jesus so, so when, so when she, you know, it was, it was, so, you know, once, you know, a lady was sharing with her and, and she said, um, lady said, you know, God help me do this. And she said, yeah, whenever we deal with the divine one, it just, you know, things work out. I'm going, that's a bunch of stuff because, and that's what we do. We hide behind, because what, what it allows her to do is to, to not pay homage. But when you say Jesus... See, now you're separating the men from the boys. Now the rubber is meeting the road because you're claiming that you love this person and that he's a king. But also, I just want us to understand, Christmas, every Christmas should remind us of what God is calling us to, what he's modeled for us, why he modeled it so that we could experience life, and he's empowered us to live that, to retell that story. So when you think of this play and watching these beautiful young people, do you think about being on mission? Do you think about being on mission like Jesus? Or modeling what he modeled, family? You should. That's one of the reasons why he did it. Finally, the Christmas story is a reminder. See, I I just love, I love, I love life and how we're just funny people. So think about life. So the world hates Jesus, okay? The world, you know, totally defies God. You can barely pray in school, okay? But it's interesting to me that all of history is centered around the very person that the world hates. You think of even the calendar, right? You think of BC, AD, right? I mean, you think of, you know, you think of, you know, before Christ, and we, we say after death, but that's not true, that's not what it means, because he died in 30 AD, so that's not, that, that'd be weird, what happened between 0 and 30, or something, so it's not AD, but Anno Domini, which means the year of our Lord, right, this is, what, this is what pagans use to describe their calendar, they focus it on Jesus, the year of our Lord, but yet we deny him, isn't that hilarious? So. So here we are, we got this Jesus figure where all of history is centered around him. Centered around him, and yet, uh, we in our world deny the Lord. But do we understand, that's what the incarnation is all about. If you think of this man, history is centered around, but yet, he was born a baby. Uh, Do you ever think about... um, Okay, God emptying himself. It's almost like, sort of like how I talk to my kids, right? We're so dumb, y'all, if we admit it. That God is like, you know what? Like, you know, okay, you know, you talk, I talked to my little Lauren. She doesn't know English. And, and so I'm just trying to communicate to her. Come here, and get bougie baby. You know, and me, little girl, you know, and I'm doing my little thing. And she's kind of, what is he saying? And, and i have dumb myself down to try to make sure that my, the person I love the most, can, can, can communicate with me. And, and that's what the incarnation is really about. God, when he became man, he dumbed himself down for you and me. That's what he did. He said, you don't understand um, majesty. You don't understand something being majestic. So what I need to do is I need to come on your level. Okay? I need to walk your walk, talk your talk, enter into your culture. But you know what I love about that? deep inside family don't we really want a God that's humble doesn't that make you feel good that your, your Lord is humble that he was willing to empty himself that he's not walking around in arrogance and pride see when I think of the frailty of Jesus family you think of a little baby and you look at this little baby do you ever realize that Jesus couldn't talk. He couldn't walk. He had to learn to read and write. He emptied himself for us. All motivated by his love. All motivated by his care for us. And it always blows my mind that he cared for his enemies. So I think it's foolish, family, when God of the universe is offering his hand of fellowship to say, become my friend, to spit in this face. That's what this story's about. When you hear the verses, don't get too familiar with the most important story in all of history. But ask yourself, Am I making worship specific? Am I understanding the model that was was presented to me? And am I living that out? Am I meditating on a reminder of God's great love for me? For those of you who, who are familiar with the story, and this is, you're like, oh... I want to ask you to become a friend of God. Uh, For those of you who have seen it time and time again, okay, and you're sort of used to this, I want to ask you to humble yourself. And really say, "Am am I living that kind of life? Is this story allowing me sort of giving me the, the jolt to understand that life is all about Jesus. It's always been about Jesus. To recap, we can talk about these things all we want. Um, and that's the thing that, you know, I'm realizing as we, as we walk with the Lord, Maccab, is, is we, we learn more stuff. And, and the goal is for a doctrine uh, to be placed into our hearts where it belongs. And and we can learn this and we go oh okay so the Christmas story makes verses specific, Jesus, the Christmas story is a model. Okay, he's our first missionary. He models humility. He dies for us. The Christmas story is a reminder. But the question really we have to ask ourselves is do you believe it? And because it shows if you believe it, because your life will change. Your life will be lined toward Jesus, uh, and it'll show if you don't believe it, because your life uh, won't change. You'll continue to worship yourself, uh, worship your the fake gods, whatever they are. And so, we implore you uh, to not let that be the case. We implore you to understand that this story is real, happened in history, and always to remind all of us again that our sin is real. Um, that our judgment is real, but the cross is also real. And to understand that anything else, any other false religion, see, see bad religion leads to despair and pride, right? Uh, despair and pride because if you do all these right things, you think you're all that and you're, you become your own god. Despair, if you don't do something, you don't think you can serve God. But the, but the beauty of true religion, the beauty of Jesus' family, is when you have the humility to understand uh, that you're not perfect, that you, that you need God, and when you have the understanding that when Jesus said, it is finished, it was. That's the Christmas story. What I want to do, um, you, you ponder that. And you know, and on the twenty fourth, uh, we're going to get back to I, uh, sort of teaching uh, th- through the scriptures. We'll have a a description uh, from uh, from one of the, the actually the passage that we just mentioned, uh, talking about uh, like why are you here? Uh, but we wanted to just share. We wanted to almost explain what all that was, uh, so we don't just get caught up in just going through the rituals. Um, so right now, family, as you're thinking about that, there will be a song playing. I want you to just allow it to lull, just to, just to mold it over in your mind, those realities. So the incarnation, that's what incarnation does. It reminds me. It allows me to know that worship is specific. It allows me to see the motto. And then we're going to take your tithe, and we really want to ask you, if you're new here, we ask you to please keep your wallets in your pocket, keep your purses to your side. Uh, This is not about your money. Uh, We just want you to enjoy and to experience Jesus. Uh, If you're a MacAver, we encourage you to understand this is part of your worship to the Lord. And if you are new here, but yet you understand the reality that the tithe is an expression of your worship to God, please feel free to give as well, but not out of compulsion. Uh, with that said, let me pray for us, and then we'll have the people uh, come down and receive the tithe. And again, think about what we've shared and rejoice uh, in what we've just seen. And then we'll sing a few songs, and I'll close us in benediction. Lord Jesus, thank you for providing uh, for us. Lord, we acknowledge that this stuff is all yours. We uh, we pray that you'll give us wisdom on how uh, to use these resources to bring glory to your name in this community. Lord, we pray um, just for your guidance. We pray that you would allow. Um, your truth to not get lost in costumes and rituals. And we ask that uh, you would remind us uh, why you have um, been sent here um, to die rational dead on our behalf and why you have sent us to the world to proclaim your good news. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.